Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today is streaming and streaming rights week here in Virtual Legality when it isn't talking about massive Department of Justice antitrust lawsuits and the big tech companies that help make them possible. As you see on your screen right now is a tweet from a director, a creative director at Stadia, not the only director at Stadia, not the head of Stadia, which was something that was coming out in various places online yesterday, but a creative director at Stadia by the name of Alex Hutchinson. And his tweets yesterday caused a firestorm of commentary around the internet. And I'm going to read them to you. And then we're going to talk about what's right about them and what's wrong about them, because I think people are skipping what is right in a way that's pretty dangerous for streamers, especially folks that make their living on Twitch or YouTube gaming or elsewhere. So he tweeted as follows. Streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they used music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they are streaming games they didn't pay for as well. It's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. The real truth is the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. Now, in particular, that second tweet is what caused so much anger and angst around the internet. And it all is reflective of what we were talking about yesterday, right? These tweets were made by Alex Hutchinson at Stadia in response to a lot of Twitch content creators going out there and really talking about how unfair the DMCA takedown notice they received from Twitch actually was. And we talked about Twitch operating in a bad faith manner, operating in a fashion whose notifications to their users and their content creators was not sufficient, and they really should have explained themselves better and what's an obligation and what's not an obligation. But he saw online these Twitch content creators complaining about these DMCA takedowns that were really put forth by the music industry. And he said, hey, you guys should worry about the fact that you aren't streaming things legally on the video game side as well, not just in respect of music. Now, as you might suspect, that didn't go over well, especially with his employer. We've got here a Gama Sutra article entitled Google Distances Itself from Stadia Creative Director's Comments. The sentiment is significant, the sentiment expressed by Alex Hutchinson, for a number of reasons, not least of which is that Hutchinson is an employee of Google, which owns YouTube, which has its own game streaming program that relies on content creators who monetize streaming games at no charge by developers or publishers. An excellent point by Gamasutra because you look at this and Google Gaming, YouTube Gaming, does make a lot of money from streaming that doesn't have an additional cost associated with it. And you never really want to speak out that much against the business operations of another part or portion of your employer, which is why you get a disavowal here. In a statement to 9to5Google, the company responded by distancing itself from Hutchinson's commentary. The recent tweets by Alex Hutchinson, creative director at the Montreal studio of Stadia Games and Entertainment, do not reflect those of Stadia, YouTube, or Google. Ryan Wyatt, senior head of gaming at YouTube, stressed the value of the give-and-take relationship between YouTube and streamers in a tweet. We believe that publishers and creators have a wonderful symbiotic relationship that has allowed a thriving ecosystem to be created, one that has mutually benefited everyone. YouTube is focused on creating value for creators, publishers, and users. All ships rise when we work together. 
As Richard Hogue, a lawyer whose firm has expertise in game industry-related issues, said, nice to see him quoted, in a series of tweets, even though game developers and publishers seem to outwardly encourage content creators to stream their own video games, their end-user license agreements typically say otherwise. Uh Uh-oh. In a tweet that supports what Hutchinson's commentary about IP holders potentially enforcing ownership said, Hogue said the industry position is the negotiating position of trust us. We know we aren't granting you the necessary rights, but we won't use that against you. Promise. And yeah, that guy sounds like a pretty smart individual, but the point of those particular quotes, and I did put out a series of tweets yesterday talking about this specific issue, is that at a fundamental level, especially in this first tweet, Alex Hutchinson is correct. Streamers should be concerned about the fact that they aren't getting the right to broadcast, to publicly perform, to stream in most of the licenses that they have entered into in order to play the games that they are otherwise broadcasting on Twitch. And if you have been in virtual legality for a while, you know that this is a concept that is near and dear to my heart. Not because I agree with Alex Hutchinson that streamers should be having to pay more, because I agree with everybody that comes out online and says this guy's an idiot for saying these things on Twitter, that the value proposition that these video game publishers and developers are receiving is significant from the streaming, but that these streamers aren't getting the rights that they need, and that puts them in this gray area of liability exposure. If these were major industry figures, if these were companies negotiating contracts with each other, I would never in a million years recommend for someone to just operate on a copyright infringement basis with the other side saying, ah, don't worry, we like what you're doing. We are never going to enforce that infringement law against you. Don't worry. And so I did a video called Is Streaming Among Us Illegal? in which we looked at the baseline contracts for things like Steam and we found out that it says, hey, all title ownership rights and intellectual property rights in and to the content and services like Among Us and any and all copies thereof are owned by Valve to the extent that Valve sells them and or its affiliates licensors the extent that Among Us developers owns those rights. And all rights are reserved, except as expressly stated herein. The right to publicly perform, to display, to stream, is reserved to the company that makes Among Us unless they expressly grant it to you. And if you remember that video, they don't expressly grant it to you. You may not use the content and services for any purpose other than the permitted access to Steam and your subscriptions, and to make personal, non-commercial use of your subscriptions, except as otherwise permitted by this agreement, or applicable subscription terms, another EULA, which we saw wasn't in place with respect to Among Us. You may not reproduce, distribute. You are not entitled to exploit the content and services or any of its parts for any commercial purpose. And this is the situation that streamers willingly place themselves in right now. And they should be taking this kind of statement from the Alex Hutchinsons of the world as a warning, right? We've done videos on this. Are all streams infringement? The answer to this question is no. Not because most streams aren't infringement. Most of the terms of service that you see are going to look like this one from Steam that just doesn't talk about it and says, hey, we're not going to really enforce anything. It will be at the will of the copyright holder because they don't have to enforce against you any infringement claims because as long as they like what you are doing for them, everything's all fine and dandy. Except when somebody like Alex here takes the reins of a company, which will eventually happen. Now, there are companies that handle this properly. Right? I've pulled up the League of Legends, I believe it's called Legal Jibber Jabber, 
that says, hey, we make an exception for ad revenue from streams. We make an exception for gameplay streaming. These are specifically allowed, not just because they are on some random website, but because this particular website is incorporated by reference directly into their terms of service. If you go to the terms of service for League of Legends and Riot Games, you see this website specifically referenced as incorporated. So this applies to your legal rights to use their League of Legends game. And of course it does. They make money. They are popular. They are more popular than they otherwise would be without players streaming their games in the exact same manner as Among Us, right? But that's not the end of the story, right? When we talk about these things, when we talk about what's happening here, we see that there is more to this than what is just being stated. We see too many people online telling the Alex Hutchinsons of the world that they're idiots and that they're morons and that they should go away when they aren't diving deeply into the actual question that is facing these streamers. So I put out a tweet yesterday that said the following, folks, the real discussion today should be about just how poorly content creators are treated in their end user license agreements and that they need to be receiving streaming rights as a matter of course in 2020. Because everybody that says these publishers benefit is right. Most of these publishers and developers have decided that that is in fact right, that they make more money doing that. When we look at some major releases from just this past week, and I used as an example, not to pick on Jackbox games because I like their products, this game, because this is built for streaming. The Jackbox Party Pack number seven came out this week. Love their stuff. Haven't bought this one yet. Probably will in the future when the holidays come around and I play these types of games with my family. And they went out there and they said, hey, go stream, right? The Easy Allies, one of my favorite people on earth. I sponsored them for years. Said Easy Allies plays the Jackbox Party Pack number seven. They streamed it. They put it up on YouTube. They put it up on Twitch. And you go and you look at the Jackbox Games website. You see, hey, we love streamers. They have a streamers tab, on their main website. We love making games that allow you to engage with your community. Ever since streamers started sharing our games on their channels, we've made it a priority to provide the best experience for online hosts, remote players, and digital audiences. This all sounds great, right? But then if you're a streamer and you're trying to figure out whether you actually have the right to do these things, because remember, if you haven't watched it in virtual reality, you are promising to Twitch that you do have the appropriate intellectual property rights and Twitch is trying to wash its hands of whether or not that question is true or false. You go into the Jackbox terms of service and you see the following. First, that this agreement governs the relationship between you and JBG with respect to your use of any of our products, services, and websites accessed through internet-capable hardware platforms, including gaming consoles, personal computers, mobile devices, or in-game applications or software platforms, including third-party hosts. So this terms of service document, at least as presented to the world, is what governs the way that you use the Jackbox Party Pack, right? And then you go and you see what license did they give you. JBG grants you a limited, revocable, non-exclusive, non-transferable, non-sublicensable license to use and access the service solely for your personal non-commercial use. Uh Uh-oh, that starts to sound like the Steam contract, right? You agree not to, among other things, publicly display, publicly perform, transmit, stream, broadcast, or otherwise exploit the service or any portion thereof. No licenses or rights are granted to you by implication or otherwise unless they are expressly granted in this agreement. So you get this personal non-commercial use license, but you agree not to transmit, stream, or broadcast what we just sold you and what we actually have a screen on our menu page saying we love. 
which is streaming. So right now, streamers on Twitch, what are they to do? As I tweeted out, what is the average streamer supposed to do? Can they present a case that the streaming license was implied? Of course, it was encouraged, but it's not a slam dunk. Why? Because not only do you really want to rely on expressly granted rights, this actually reserves all other rights and says no license are granted to you by implication. So you go to the judge and you say, well, this pretty strongly implied that streaming was okay. And the judge says, well, their terms of service say that you can't have any implied licenses. What are you to do? And this is not to pick on them. This is just the industry's default position. Streamers right now are constantly put in danger or in opposition to a position of extreme leverage, right? And some people came to me in the comments to my Twitter and to my social media yesterday and said, well, Rick, we aren't seeing folks threatening three strikes as you are suggesting that they might otherwise do. And the point isn't that you would even need to threaten it. The environment is such that if you have streamed all of these things and Alex Hutchinson or someone else takes over the company or they just decide that now is the time that they are going to go seek that money from folks, you are living in an environment where you probably copyright infringed thousands of times. An environment that Twitch streamers right now are realizing and dealing with with respect to the music industry and understanding that the zeitgeist can change at any moment. And it's through no fault of their own. This should have been settled a long time ago. These game developers and publishers clearly like streaming. They should clearly be granting the right as part of their end user license agreement. That $60 or $5 in the case of Among Us should be buying for those streaming rights because it benefits all these parties, as now Google has said separately. But a symbiotic relationship is not one in which the other side holds a dagger over your heart and it can be lowered at any point in time. That isn't fair to the other symbiotes who are apparently raising all ships and making you money. This is absolutely endemic to video games and video game streaming right now. Not because, as everybody says, any given publisher or developer will take down the entire streaming industry. They would be stupid to do so. But if Twitch taught us anything over the last week, it's that you individual streamer, you individual content creator are not the whole industry. And if you are put into a position of leverage, and if somebody at some industry or at some company decides that now is the time that they are just going to exert that leverage against you, then these platforms aren't going to stand in the way. They aren't going to protect you. Instead, they're going to say, educate yourself. And they're going to make Hogue Law mad. And they're going to have Hogue put together videos that talk about how this is a silly way to handle DMCA takedown notices. But at the end of the day, you didn't have the contract rights. So when Alex Hutchinson says streamers worried about getting their content pulled because of music should be worried about the streaming games that they didn't get a license for as well, 100% correct, Alex. Where you're wrong is that you should be giving those licenses as a matter of course. My primary position is that the publishers and developers have rightly seen the value in streaming and should be granting the license to stream in their end user license agreements rather than hanging a sword of Damocles over everybody, but they like their sword. When we did this video earlier, where we were talking about this gentleman who was getting strikes put on, I believe it was opening FIFA card packs when he had been doing so for years, he got those strikes because he was saying things that Electronic Arts didn't like, right? He was saying things that I believe were slurs. I think they were bad things, but that's always the easiest place in order to get you where you want to go if you're a publisher or a developer and you want to make an example out of somebody. Oh, well, we don't really have the right to punish you for just saying those things. We do have the right to call you out for copyright infringement, which, as it turns out, 
you've been doing throughout your entire history, and only now that we don't like you are we choosing to use against you. Streamers should not want this world. They should not want to have to deal with the prospect that a game company could just turn on them. And yeah, they haven't yet for a negative review or something that was said about the publisher or the licensor or the content creator in general, but they very well could. And that is controlling the environment that we currently see in streaming. These streamers, the really smart ones, the ones with lawyers and accountants that are really making a lot of money, understand the situation in which they find themselves, which is if they are streaming and they don't have that license right, then any of these publishers or developers could make their lives miserable. And they very well should be concerned about it. Because even though YouTube comes out, Ryan Wyatt comes out and says, we believe that publishers and creators have this wonderful symbiotic relationship. It, it is no symbiotic relationship when one side can kill the other. That sort of Damocles is real. And so the right way to interpret what happened yesterday, the right way to think about what Alex Hutchinson said is not this guy is an idiot and publishers will never do this, but to think about the fact that publishers might not ever do it to an entire industry, but they could certainly do it to an individual. They could certainly do it to you. And they love having that sword. And why do they love having that sword? It's not for your benefit. It's for theirs. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you enjoyed this video, a short one today, but an important one. Please do share this around with those that you think might be interested in it, including content creators who need to know that this is a very real factor in their making of a livelihood and that they should be concerned about whether or not they should be streaming things that they can't identify they have the right to, to stream, to publicly display, to perform, or to otherwise distribute. If you enjoyed this, please like, subscribe, share, tell people that we're having these conversations. We talk about the business and law of video games, music, movies, television, pop culture, Twitch, streaming, big tech, and more all the time. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.